What is up, everybody? Thank you all for joining me on the latest Mortcast, part of the CSG Network. I am, of course, your host, Jeff Morton. Uh, we are presented today by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Uh, before I get started, I would like to talk to you about Blanchard Family Wines, located between 18th and 19th in Blake and Moisee, in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. If you like wine, and you like me, you like the just experience of wine, uh, go to Blanchard Family Wines. They've got Sonoma County vineyards that are family-owned that are shipped right here to Colorado. But the key with this, don't think they're not local. The key also to this is that they also have partnerships with Western Slope wineries, uh, one of which is uh, Storm Cellars, which has a Riesling, which is really good. I didn't really care for Rieslings before, but uh, before this whole pandemic went down, I was there with a friend of mine, and I had a Riesling. It was really good from Storm Cellars. I really kind of hope you check it out. Uh, they've got virtual wine tastings for those who don't want to go to uh, out to Blanchard. Um, and just still experience the wine tasting thing. Or you can have a reservation and go eat inside the dairy block, uh, which is just this beautiful, especially this during this time of year, it's just this beautiful place to sit outside, socially distanced, and enjoy your wine and just have fun. Uh, even with the 10 p.m. last call, you can get your wine drinking in, and they will treat you to a wonderful, wonderful time. Once again, they are located between 18th and 19th in Blake and Wazi in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. They are on Facebook and Instagram under Blanchard Family Wines. And when you go in, tell them Jeff Morton from CSG Podcast sent you in there. I'd also like to tell you about our friend Andy Feinstein, who you all know, my former partner at Denver Stiffs. Um, he would like to get encourage everyone to come out to Exto Event Center. Please support our friends at Exto Event Center, located in uh, Denver's vibrant Rhino Arts District. Uh, Exto Event Center can host a safe and socially distanced event up for up to from, excuse me for twenty five to one hundred and seventy five persons outdoors and up to one hundred persons indoors. If you are interested in hosting an event for a corporate gathering, fundraiser, client appreciation birthday or anniversary party, or just basically a morale-boosting happy hour, which, let's face it, we all need that, uh, Exto would welcome the opportunity to be part of it. Please visit extoevents.com for more information and book your private event today. What is up, everybody? Thank you all for joining me on the latest Mortcast, part of the CSG Network. I'm, of course, your host, Jeff Morton. Thank you for just tuning in. The, the last several podcasts have been amazing. You guys have really knocked it out of the park with downloads. Uh, I really appreciate it. That was, uh, it's been great. Uh, and I hope everyone is enjoying the format, the new format. We've got exciting stuff com on the, coming down the pipe. We really do. I'm really looking forward to this. Um, I'm recording this Mortcast today, which is on the NBA ratings. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about the Nuggets game one win over uh, the Utah Jazz. But honestly, the game two is coming up here. I'd, I'll leave the wrap up for the people who do the daily podcasts. Uh, I you tend to think big picture. So I will do probably a weekly wrap on the Nuggets. Uh, I hope everyone liked my uh, preview with Ryan Blackburn from Denver Stiffs, who's the new guy at Denver Stiffs. Um, I hope you enjoyed my talk on CSU from DNVR's Justin Michael, who's also another former colleague of mine. Um, really great informative stuff on CSU. I, I didn't know half of it, and I'm kind of glad that we went through that. We kind of... Uh, he educated me, and it was good to 
have that uh, hour-long podcast on that. And, of course, my podcast with Steve Gorman, uh, former drummer of the Black Crows, author of uh, Hard to Handle, Life and Death of the Black Crows. Of, of course, you all know I'm obsessed with that band. Um, he was good enough to join me on my radio program, uh, which is airs between 11 a.m. and 12 p.m. Uh, daily on uh, Mile High Sports Radio, uh, FM 104.7, AM 1340. Um, I, I do that every day. He was good enough to join us there, but the podcast was amazing, especially if you're like me and you're Black Crows nerd. Uh, that was just great. Um, I, I, best podcast I've ever done uh, by myself, I will say, without unequivocally. Um, great interview, great stuff from Steve. I loved it. We, I hope, encourage any, anyone to go out and listen to that. You guys know me. I don't dress up everything with bells and whistles and intro music and all of that stuff. It's just interview, go. And I hope you all appreciate that. Well, now that we got the housekeeping over, today I want to talk to you about a little bit about, you know, the Nuggets beat uh, the Utah Jazz, um, 135-125. Um, one thing, Mike Conley is going to be probably going to be back uh, by Game 3. Uh, one of the things I'd like to reiterate to people is as much as Donovan Mitchell made a difference and he was excellent in 50, dropping 57 points against the Nuggets, it was clear that's like if it wasn't for that 57 points, the Nuggets would have won by 20. Uh, they needed every little bit of Donovan Mitchell's uh, 57. And when he ran out of steam in overtime, they couldn't score. Um, and it was very, very obvious to me that the Nuggets knew this. They were very aware of this. They knew that Donovan Mitchell was going to be a problem, but they knew that they were just a better team. Um, and sometimes teams uh, know this, and I don't think the Utah Jazz know this yet. It's going to be interesting to see what kind of adjustments are made in this game too, which airs at uh, 2 p.m. today, um, So, as of this recording. So hopefully we'll get a better idea of what's going on. Uh, with the Nuggets, uh, Michael Porter Jr. struggled on defense, and when he, they eliminated, and he said this in an interview, they eliminated a lot of his cheap points. Um, Dan Issel was very good at getting cheap points, very good at getting those early points that people don't care about as much, and uh, Michael Porter Jr. is really good at that, and he's also really good at rebounding. So what the Jazz did, essentially, is they cut off his cutting lanes, and they, they prevented him from getting to the basket in a way that he's accustomed to, because this is the playoffs. So he's going to have to adjust. But primarily, he's going to have to adjust on defense. I don't know how he is going to comp compensate for this, but he's going to have to adjust. And we'll see how he kind of adapts to the way they guard him. I'm going to be interested to see how they the Utah Jazz uh, continue this, because I know the Nuggets are going to have a different pick-and-roll coverage for Donovan Mitchell. And that will really affect a lot of what Mitchell can do. Um, there's two things that are true about Mitchell. He's very good, he's very talented, and he can really go off for a lot of points. But if you pressure him and you trap him, uh, he'll either A, chuck up a bad shot, or, or B, he will uh, have a turnover. And if you saw that in the overtime, the Nuggets immediately started not drop. The dropping was for Rudy Gobert. Bear, okay, It was totally a Rudy Gobert thing, right? You drop coverage, you cover Rudy Gobert, you eliminate that part of the thing. Uh, let Donovan Mitchell go off, though. Um, what the Nuggets needed to do in overtime was they just were like, all right, we'll just stop Mitchell because they couldn't get anything else. And 
what was clear in the overtime was that Mitchell just both, A, ran out of gas because he had to carry the Jazz on his shoulders, and B, uh, it was very evident as he wasn't expecting the Nuggets to trap him, and he did what he always does when he gets those situations. He turns the ball over, or he uh, shoot, puts puts up a really ridiculously bad shot. Um so let's, you know, that's kind of where we are here with that. I'm going to be interested to see how they adjust. The Jazz can well win this next game. It could happen. Um, I'm, I'm Nothing will surprise me. I expect this series, I had predicted the Nuggets in six. Uh, so, you know, we'll see. We'll see how this goes. I kind of want to talk about Ethan Sherwood-Strauss. He doesn't go by Ethan Sherwood-Strauss anymore. I'm sorry. When you've been around as long as me, you just get used to people in a certain way. And, sure, and it was always Sherwood-Strauss on Twitter. Uh, when he was covering the Golden State Warriors. So I I kind of like just this burned into my brain. But Ethan Strauss for The Athletic wrote an article about the declining NBA ratings. And a lot of it focused on the social justice thing, which I think was kind of a red herring. Uh, it was, he wasn't necessarily deducing or, or uh, kind of diagnosing what was happening. He was just giving a kind of a general layout of the situation. Um, I'm going to come back to something that I've always said about the NBA. The NBA is hampered by the fact, and all the other the other three major sport leagues, sports leagues have the same problem. They're hampered by the fact that they don't have one national TV uh, entity doing all their games. By that I mean uh, you don't have every game being a national TV game like there is in the NFL. That is why the NFL is always ahead has nothing to do with, quote, sport popularity. What has happened is since uh, NFL has been broadcast only on national TV since the beginning of time, it seems like, they've built up national following because every game is in one place, every game is easily accessible, every game is on national TV, they don't have to have their own announcers, there aren't regional sports networks, none of that, right? It is one thing, and it's consistent, and it's large. In the NBA, like the Major League Baseball, like the National Hockey League, suffers from the fact that they have to have the regional sports networks. Um, part two of that is the NBA has really always, and this goes back to day before David Stern, but even it kind of was exacerbated when Stern uh, uh, kind of focused on Magic Johnson and, and Larry Bird in the 1980s. The NBA has a hard time promoting its stars and very good players in markets that aren't marquee. Uh, in, in fact, not only do they have a hard time, they have a really hard time. Um, Giannis Antetokounmpo should be everywhere, right? He should be everywhere. You don't see him everywhere. Um, Devin Booker should be everywhere. You don't see him everywhere, right? Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray should be everywhere. You don't see him at them everywhere. Um, the NBA has a really... Luka Doncic should be absolutely on every single freaking billboard. You don't see him. The NBA has a hard time marketing stars that aren't in L.A., New York, or Boston. It has been a... Or Miami. And Miami is not exactly what you would call a super huge market, but it is a glamour market, and people want to go there. Miami's kind of a glamorous destination, right? So obviously they're going to have a leg up over, over some other teams, right? 
outside of those, the, the NBA has struggled and always will struggle, it seems like, with getting people to getting people within the, the uh, their network partners and getting their uh, just general media machine to promote its stars that aren't in marquee markets. Let's face it, the probably the best Western Conference series is going to be Utah-Denver. And they put, as Michael Malone said, they put <laughs> the game on at 11.30 a.m. on, quote, the Oxygen Network, which it wasn't that, but he, he was joking. But, you know, you see, you get the point he's making, right? The NBA does this. Everyone acknowledges that the Utah-Denver series would probably be the best in the Western Conference. And they banished it to ratings hell because they don't trust the ratings. They don't think people will tune in. So therefore, it's confirmation bias. Because they had they, they do such an awful job of promoting people who aren't in their big cities. And that has always been the problem with the NBA and always will be the problem. As much as I think the NBA is a progressive, well-ahead-of-itself league, they have cut their nose off to spite their face. They're, it's almost like they're ashamed of their product that's not in L.A. or New York or in Boston or in all those, in, in, in those places. They just struggle. And it's, it becomes a self-perpetuating thing. Well, these guys don't do well in these markets. The ratings don't do well, so we, we can't really focus on that. Well, you, they, they don't do well because you don't focus on them. It becomes this vicious cycle. And a lot of it has to come back to the fact that there is no consistent national TV thing. Now, add into the fact that uh, media is becoming more diverse. Adam Ares will talk a lot about social media I did in, in the highlights. That has nothing to do with it, in my view. Not to dismiss Adam's uh, point of view here. Um, I I think he is almost there, as far as I'm concerned. But where it really is is how you consume uh, your game content. Not highlights. Your actual game content. And what the NFL does better than any other league is they force you to watch the game. The NBA does a bad job of forcing you to watch the game. It has nothing to do with social media. It has everything to do with having no basic, real basic uh, TV destination. Uh, the NBA hit its apex in the Jordan era, particularly the second half of the Jordan era, so his last three championships. So from 95 to 98, uh, the NBA was at, at an apex that we they have not come close to yet since. And a lot of that had to do with a package that was you had. It's hard to explain. This sounds like old man talk, but I mean, I think this really had a great impact on how people were able to consume games. Now, it limited people's ability to see other things, and that's where League Pass has come in. And let's face it, League Pass hasn't even improved people's awareness of other teams. Right. It's because the NBA does such a shitty job with marketing <laughs> flyover states, quote-unquote, much like Denver. Okay, But in the 90s, Every every game, it seemed like they made it more of a destination. So obviously the Bulls were going to be on the lead uh, package every every Saturday or Sunday. And after football got over, NBC had a Saturday and Sunday doubleheader and tripleheader, right? Uh, it was destination viewing. 
you would have, you could, I mean, especially during the playoffs, they did it so well that they uh, had it down to a machine. It was a finely tuned machine on NBC. They just, they knew what they were doing. They knew how to promote these games. Uh, they, you, you, you got to a point where if you were on the NBA on NBC on Saturday or Sunday it, throughout the 90s, you knew that you were in a good spot. Uh, plus, they had the best theme tune and all that stuff. But what they did was they made it a destination. Once the contract went to ABC slash ESPN, it became cableized. And the cableization of, of the NBA relegated it to a niche thing. I'll tell, one, I'll tell you 100%, the, the NFL dominance has a lot to do with the fact they are a network TV. And I know you think this doesn't matter, but let me tell you something. Having a game on Channel 4 out here in Denver, so CBS uh, uh, on uh, Fox and on NBC at, uh, on Sunday night, um, and then the ESPN Monday night thing, that's, that's not what it used to be. When It was better when it was on ABC, but that's another story, all right? But having those on network TV just makes it so much easier for people. And the NBA will never, ever have that because these, uh, these teams, these, these leagues where they depend on other games, so it's like it's 82 games in the NBA, you can't have a single national TV package with 82-game um, schedule. That's just, you can't do it. Uh, the, the NFL can do it because they have 16 weeks and it's one day, one to two to three days a week, right? Uh, they kind of plan around that. You just you can't do that with the other sports. The, NBA, the NFL has just basically put their stamp on it. What you can do is once football's over, you start to, I mean, at Christmas, you have the NBA on whatever triple header, you have it on network TV. All right. That's where streaming comes into it. You have associations with Hulu. You have associations with, uh, 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 like, Amazon Prime. You have associations with other streaming services to get the people who cut the cord on, on their cable. But the people who cut their cord on the cable can still access basic TV. You can still do that. And it's pretty cheap. But... The NBA just, I don't know, it, it's be, and a lot of that has to do with their network, t, their network partners. Um, TNT does a great job. Uh, it's specifically ABC. I can't believe they went back to ABC. Um, and here's a little inside information. NBC was making, and Comcast was making a very competitive, very competitive uh, offer. It wasn't quite to what, the ABC's was, which was the biggest TV contract we've ever seen for a sport that wasn't the NFL. And uh, NBC was really making a push. And it would feature games on, on obviously, NBC, the network. Um, what ABC does is they kind of relegate things. Um, and NBC, excuse me, ABC, blah, 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 ESPN has a hard time not promoting their own network and kind of dumping games they don't deem to be uh, 
Let's just put it to you this way. They don't they, they dump games that don't that aren't advantageous to them. They they dumped games that uh um they don't feel are uh ratings gold. And I'll tell you why after I read to you about our sponsor, DraftKings. Uh gambling's illegal illegal in America, or excuse me, illegal in after the Supreme Court thing last year became legal. It's officially legal in Colorado as of May 1st. That is right. And uh, with basketball going on, uh, right now is kind of the time to really explore DraftKings and DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Um, To celebrate uh, basketball's first round of the playoffs, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving you an amazing free bet offer. For every day that you bet at least $20 on basketball, DraftKings Sportsbook will give you a $10 free bet. Head to the app right now and check out what they have to offer, including player props, quarter-by-quarter betting, and so much more. So so it's kind of like prop bets. Uh, It just uh, kind of allows you diversification of betting uh, in in one spot. Plus, don't forget about hockey's playoffs. Uh, DraftKings Sportsbook is offering great odds and promotions all week long to take care of hockey, too. Uh, DraftKings Sportsbook is safe, secure, and reliable betting app, which is really key right now because a lot of times you just you used to have to go to offshore betting places, and it was really sketchy, and uh, a lot of those places weren't secure. Uh, this is safe, secure, and legal. That's really I can't emphasize that enough. Download the top-rated Dra- DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the code MHS when you sign up. For a limited time, all users can get a $10 free bet when placing a bet of $20 on, or more on all first-round playoff action in the NBA. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook is going all out by offering a $10 free bet when placing a bet of $20-plus on all first-round playoff action. Again, that's promo, promo code MHS uh, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Other terms and conditions and restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call one 800 5224700 ESPN is really hampered really hampered uh the NBA's ability to diversify TNT like I said does a great job uh, TNT has been a partner since the 80s um Ted Turner was the owner of the Atlanta Hawks and old his old friend Robert Wessler former Nuggets owner former terrible Nuggets owner um, was part of that package, and he was the one who brought in CBS. Uh, CBS, and it, for a long time, it was CBS, and uh, was the official network partner before it became uh, NBC in 1991. Uh, basically, at the birth of the Jordan era, lucky them. Um, and uh, it, it, Turner has always done a great job. Um, ESPN, I, I will fully cognizant of this, but I think ESPN is largely to blame for the decline in ratings. ESPN and their choices they make, uh, along with the NBA, but ESPN along with the choices they make about the way we consume our NBA content, uh, the way they relegate games to, you know, like I said, the the Nuggets were on at 11.30 a.m. on a Monday. No one's going to watch that. It's like, what are you doing? Right, I understand it's a bubble. I understand you got to get all these games in, but you're sending a message right there, right? 
I think a lot of that has to do with in the ESPN, and ESPN has been hurting for years. The NBA should have gone with NBC. You know, I know Comcast is the evil empire right now, and I know that Comcast uh, has issues with altitude right now. Uh, but NBC, Com- Comcast, NBC was the way to go. Um, they would have brought back the NBA on NBC. It would have been a network destination. They were desperate for it. They, the only thing they have as far as football goes is Sunday night football and some playoff games. It's the right network to do it on, and I think the NBA blew it when they went to ESPN, back to ABC ESPN. And I think once we understand that consumption of content is better when people have ease of access, you'll understand why other sports, other than the NFL, have such issues with seeing games. Thank you all for joining me on the latest Mortcast. I'm recording a Gen X music show tonight with a couple friends of mine, so I'm looking forward to that. You'll be seeing that one uh, probably tomorrow. But today, look forward to this Mortcast, and I thank you for joining me. Goodbye.